0: Would you like to learn some common mistakes that salespeople do so you can avoid making them yourself? And just by avoiding them, you're going to get more success. If that is you, then you should keep on listening. Welcome to Steady Improvement, the place where you level up your sales skills and achieve your sales goals. In today's episode, we're going to continue with our sales mistake theme, and this is the second part on the topic. You can listen to them in any order, it doesn't really matter... Our promise is that you're going to become great at sales faster if you're avoiding these mistakes. One we have here is are arguing with your customer or client. This is something understandable and different from case to case if you should take the battle or not. But most of the time you should not be arguing with the customer and just lay yourself flat on the floor. That is all it takes sometimes to get them to leave with a feeling of relief and at least a feeling that you heard what they wanted to say. Next one we have is not focusing on the customer's need rather than focusing on their own needs. This is also something that the customer can smell either through the word you say or the way your body language is. We have talked about this one before, but it's so important what kind of intentions you have if you want long-term success in sales. Another one is selling to someone that don't need a product and forcing a sale. This is never good to do and it comes back to the same thing as we mentioned before. It will be a win in the short term, but a big loss in the long term. Some might say, why is that? Here is our take on it. Let's say that you're forcing a sale on something that the customer really doesn't need. What will happen then is the following. They buy the thing that you sell because you are forcing them to the customer feel that they really doesn't have any option but to buy the thing you sell. Then they are buying it and are leaving with the feeling of being sold rather than going shopping with their friends. What this will lead to is when the customers are coming home, they might start to realize more and more that they don't really need the thing they just bought. And they really don't have a great picture of you because you didn't care about their needs and just wanted to make a sale. Whether they return the product or not, you have lost in the long term because this type of person is probably not going to refer you to people they know, and maybe more likely is that they tell people not to go and buy stuff from you, then the negative snowball effect have been started. No bueno. Another one we have is chasing the sale and are acting desperate. You don't want to be the cat that are chasing the rat, you want to be the cheese. You want to have people coming to you and want to buy the thing you sell. You shouldn't have to chase even the smallest of possibility of making a sale in big desperation. From our own experience, the antidote to this is giving yourself a longer time horizon. Let's say that you're a new real estate agent in town and haven't made one single sale in the city you're operating in. Then it's normal that no one is contacting you to sell their apartment. The important thing to do when you are starting out is when you're making the first sale You want to give that customer such a truly amazing feeling that they almost feel obligated to tell everyone they know how great you were. If you do that with every sale you have, it's just a matter of time until you're getting many people coming your way. Another one we have is doing less than you should when it comes to the activities and are expecting better results from doing less. Want more? You should do more. This is really simple and sometimes says it's a lot of times to have the right principles and foundations and then just keep on killing it at the volume game. Here is a great quote that we heard from Chris Williamson that is really, really true. The magic you're looking for is in the work you're avoiding. Another one we have is talking at work and not actually working. This is also a huge one that we're guilty of doing from time to time and our best tip here is to implement a mental frame as soon as you enter your office or workplace this is a place for work that you should try to get as much done is as little time as possible. Of course, it can be important to socialize with your colleagues, but the best tip here is to be the king socializer at lunch break. Take that 60 minutes or how much time you now might have and use it for talking and socializing. Then after the break is over, it's back to 110% work mode. Another one is being too comfortable. What we mean by this is sometimes when you have been at the same job for a long time and you're really loving the office, the colleagues, the bosses, you might start becoming too comfortable, which could affect your outputs and performance. And what happens is over a longer period of time, in the same time as you get more and more comfortable, you start to associate your workplace with home and a place where you feel safe and can relax. The ideal thing is to have a workplace where you truly love and... Get huge amount of work done every day. So the workplace is a 10 out of 10 and you also give yourself a 10 out of 10 on the productivity scale. Our best tip here is as soon as you start talking and maybe slow down in pace of your working, snap yourself back ASAP. You really have to protect the association that you have and want to have, which is work is a place to be working, not to be socializing. And my goals is to get as much done as possible. When you have this kind of mental framework, you're going to sell a lot. And when your colleagues are taking long coffee breaks and you're still working, you're going to get the edge and will win in the long run. Last one for today is you don't ask super happy customers for referrals. These kinds of people are such an easy way to get more referrals. If you have a customer that are really giving you a 10 out of 10 on every possible scale of happiness as a customer, you should be asking them in a smooth way if they know someone that also might be in need of this product or this kind of service. We can guarantee that if you ask 10 of your extremely happy customers for referrals, you're going to get at least two that gives you referrals. Most likely, you're going to get like five or six that will know someone that they can lead to you. If you found this episode valuable, it would mean the world to us if you also would like to take a few seconds of your time and rate the show. Until next time, peace.